today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Report from the Social Planning and Research Council that says, as we had expected, low-income and racialized neighborhoods are more impacted by this pandemic than uh, other areas are. Sarah Mayo is a social planner uh, Geographic Information Services with the Social Planning and Research Council. She joins us on the Bill Kelly Show to talk about this. Sarah, good morning. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Glad to have you with us today. I'd like to say we're surprised by these statistics, but we kind of knew that was happening, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, we've certainly seen uh, um, this analysis has been done at the provincial level, and we saw these same trends. Um, And so, yeah, we were sort of expecting it. But at the same time, I was surprised by by the level of difference between neighborhoods, between uh, groups of neighborhoods in, in in this analysis. Maybe you could give us a quick overview as to what the report says. Yeah, so basically um, uh, grouping neighborhoods by ones um, Public Health Ontario does an analysis of, of neighborhoods with high material deprivation, uh, basically low income. Um, they had a rate uh, almost double the COVID rate of neighborhoods with low material deprivation, higher income neighborhoods. Um, and and then for uh, racialized, so neighborhoods with higher proportions of racialized uh, residents, um, the rate was even more than double. Uh, so there's there's really a big difference. Um, and 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 you're right. We we did know that that um, low income, um, visible minorities, racialized residents are more likely to be working in precarious employment. That that may be putting them at risk because they're um, they for for all sorts of ways that that precarious employment. Um, can be unsafe work. They may have housing conditions that are putting them at higher risk, um, and they may have risk factors, uh, health, health risk factors that that exacerbate. You know, once they do get it, exacerbate their um, their the, the 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 outcomes from from COVID. This really kind of reflects a number of reports you've done in, in past years, though, doesn't it, Sarah? But uh, people that are in that, that circumstance, in, in low-income circumstances, and, and, and those sorts of neighborhoods, and even some, some ethnic groups, of course, uh, seem to be more prone to, to, to disease, to a number of different things like that. I mean, it, it's just as if they're, they're down and out, oftentimes through no fault of their own, uh, and, and they just seem to be uh, more prone to these, these things that are going to make their, their very difficult situation even worse. Yeah, and it's but and and like you say, it's it's not um, it's it's not random, and it's not uh, their fault. It's it's the you know the way we've structured our society and our economy that we've created these inequalities, whereby we put so many more barriers um, for people. It is so much harder for people to socially isolate um, if they're living in overcrowded housing. Um, it is so much harder to. Uh, um, Avoid uh, COVID if you don't have money for hand sanitizer. There are so many ways that that income and and as well racialization status help. COVID exacerbates those inequalities that already existed in our society. Well, I can still think of a conversation I had. This was uh, some months ago, back in the early summer, uh, with a lady, a local lady, who was uh, concerned about that. And she was employed, but she was working in long-term care facilities uh, where they don't make a whole lot of money most of the time uh, and exposed to the the virus, obviously, and very worried about the impact it was going to have on her family. Uh, That's happening more than we'd like to think. For sure. Um, uh, We know that racialized workers are very... uh, 
a much higher representation among personal support workers who are at, at mm-hmm. high risk because of the population they're dealing with. And also you can't socially distance, obviously, in, in that kind of work at all. You, you're you very physically very close to um, to the people you're working with. So, so it's... Um, uh, racialized workers are definitely at higher risk. We knew that, and and now we 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 have data to to support that. And then the you know the the next step is how do we make sure that that whatever recovery plan we do focuses on on those populations that have been most impacted, um, as well in job losses. The job losses have been much more uh, predominantly in groups that that face inequality already. So we have to make sure our recovery. Um, is focused on that and not just a kind of broad strategy, universal strategy. Well, and we've seen this happen. I mean, we keep talking about, for instance, the hospitality and restaurant industry, and they're slowly and surely starting to open their doors once again, but with less staff, uh, which is pre- precarious employment. And, of course, even those who work in uh, those facilities as servers, et cetera, are often only making minimum wage anyway. So, uh, you know, the, the, the first of all, the concern about exposure, and the second of all, of course, is the, is the income situation. You said, though, that we need to address this problem uh, as we decide on a, on a recovery policy. Are we doing that? Is, is that even a part of the conversation with government officials at all three levels? I think it, it there, there, there seems to be growing consensus around it because the data is really so stark and, and how it's really, it's, you know, we've certainly in Hamilton, we've been talking about social determinants of health for a long time. Code Red was obviously a big uh, wake up call to the city about how um, income and, 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 and demographics really affects your health. Uh, Sarah, I remember a report from 1997 when I was first yeah. on council uh, yeah. that, that you and, and well, Don Jeffrey, of course, who was on Social Planning Research Council at the time, raising red flags about what was happening and the, uh, the long-term impacts on that. And we're still talking about it in 2020. Yeah, we're still talking about it. But I feel like now that COVID has really made people wake up and realize. And so we're hearing that same message from multiple voices. And so we're seeing more and more consensus around it's it's there's still way more that has to be done but i think there is hope that there's that there is going to be more of a focus on um rebuilding an economy that has that 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 makes sure that we don't perpetuate these these cycles of inequality um and yeah it's going to take uh a lot of work because it's not uh it's not easy to to, to to rebuild in that way it would you know it would be easier just to put you know put, put money into a, a shovel ready project and just do that but that's not enough we have to make sure that those shovel ready projects benefit the workers um, who were displaced the workers who had um, who, who faced discrimination in the labor market um, who are underrepresented in in jobs like construction um, because if not, we're just perpetuating, and, and, and then the next pandemic, or and, and the next, even not a pandemic, but just general health outcomes are, are going to continue to be unequal. Yeah, well, I was going to suggest, and I wouldn't even talk about the next pandemic. Let's talk about the next wave of this one, which everyone is yeah. anticipating is going to happen. Uh, what can we do to, to be proactive instead of reactive to this, to try to mitigate this damage, uh, if, in fact, there is going to be a spike? Yeah, well, I mean, I think there, we, 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 the city could... Um, focus some of its efforts on neighborhoods that, you know, now we know which neighborhoods, um, you know, we don't list them in, in the report because they're all over the city, but the data shows um, which neighborhoods have the highest rate of low income and the highest rate of um, racialized residents. So those neighborhoods, if the city targeted um, public health measures and supports in those neighborhoods, they would, um, that, that would help 
mitigate some of the uh, impacts of a second wave. Uh, is council, I, I know this report came out the other day, uh, is council it, it, aware it, of this? T- today is the official day. It's on our website okay. today. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm hoping this is going to be part of the agenda at a future council meeting then. Yeah, yeah, we hope to present it. Uh, our executive director Kim Martin um, spoke at the um, is on uh, is on the the recovery task force. Um, uh, our executive director of the SPRC, and uh, and uh, yeah, so we'll certainly be be presenting that um, to the task force to 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 ensure that that this is part of the conversation um, at city council. Well, because this is all, it has to be part of the conversation. I mean, you know, they seem to be talking on an individual basis about, you know, about tent encampments and about, you know, evictions and things of this nature. It's all tied together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and these are, these are, these are, I don't want to see anybody, especially in some of these challenged neighborhoods, as collateral damage because of the, of the, the pandemic. But, uh, what the pandemic has done is not necessarily even created this problem. It's exposed it and exacerbated it. Yeah. It's exposed it. And, and like you say, I think that exposure, you know, is, is, is terrible for the, for, um, for people experiencing these effects. Um, and so let's at least, use that exposure to say okay well then now we can't we can't ignore it anymore we have to really address it and and make sure this never happens again want to get some details uh, go to the webpage, the social planning and research council it's up there as of today sarah thanks as always for the great work thank that you, you and the organization do good talking with you again today okay thanks the bill kelly show weekdays from nine to noon on 900 chml